0: Welcome to the marvel of mind-body medicine. Over the next hour, you will learn about your own healing superpowers and how to access them. The latest in epigenetics meets ancient wisdom. Your hosts are Dr. Laura Stuve, a molecular biologist who mapped the human genome, and Dr. Janet Galipo, a doctor of Chinese medicine who has traveled the world to ensure all have access to healthcare these sought after practitioners and instructors of science based intuitive medicine want to emphasize your body has answers
1: welcome to the marvel of mind body medicine i'm dr janet galipo and i'm dr laura Duvet.
2: so welcome everyone we're excited to have you joining us today to learn a bit more about how mind body medicine practitioners unravel the story behind symptoms and we hope you got a chance to join our show last week and we started diving into insights and healing that comes from a mind body medicine session with our guests alice Hu, yasmin Elzamor, and crystal streets and today we're going to be talking to more guests about their experiences with body intuitive And then we're gonna bring on an expert in Chinese medicine and botanicals. And he's gonna tell us how he addresses serious diseases like autoimmune and cancer.
1: Our first guest today is Dr. Tranquility Lydia. She is a speaker, columnist, podcast host, and therapist, specializing in stress management, wellness, and personal development. She is a certified clinical hypnotherapist and is trained in cognitive behavioral therapy and mindfulness-based stress reduction. She's a sought-after speaker as well as the founder and CEO of Satori XPR, a public relations and branding firm that specializes in personal and corporate wellness. So welcome, Dr. Tranquility.
3: Hi, thank you so much. And it's Lydia. I'm so excited to be here. Great, Lydia. All right. We're
1: so happy to have you here. So the focus of our show today is to share with our listeners of client experience in mind-body medicine treatments. And as body intuitive practitioners, we always say that we're able to get to the story behind the symptoms so tell us. Um, we know that you had a body, tu- body intuitive session recently. Mm-hmm. Did you experience that? And is there is there anything about your experience that you'd like to share with our listeners?
3: Yes, it was a wonderful experience. First of all, um, it was very relaxing. Um, Suzanne Holly is an amazing practitioner. Uh, very laid back and gentle in her approach, and so it's very non-threatening um, as an experience and it was wonderful we were really able to get in behind some of the symptomatology that had been I'd been experiencing and going through, and she was able to get to the root of some things that I was experiencing
4: mm-hmm.
1: That's wonderful. And
3: I assume that she shared that with you. Yes, yes. Um, And it's something um, that was, I learned a lot about Body Intuitive, because she describes everything as she goes through the process, which I'm sure is the process. And (laughs) um, she really helped me to have clarity and peace of mind.
1: Yeah. I mean, what's interesting uh, with body intuitive is we're always looking at the mind body relationship. And so sometimes, you know, we're not even aware that, you know, mind and thoughts and emotions are causing or are related to different kinds of, of physical symptoms. And yeah, Susan's really good at explaining the the mind body connection.
3: Yes, she's brilliant at it. And um I was very impressed with her skills and with body intuitive in general.
1: I'm sure she must've been so happy to be doing a face-to-face uh, sessions again. You know, she worked in my clinic in Miami for um, almost four years and wow. she was such a fantastic, like face-to-face practitioner. We just enjoyed having her there all the clients loved her and the way that she kind of integrates you know her background in with the mind body Mm -hmm. therapies and of course you know all of us have been doing a lot of telemedicine sessions right sessions over zoom and and this was sort of her first official um sojourn into uh face-to-face sessions after wow. so many years, and I think she said she did something like twenty-two sessions in five days. So we were, <laughs> we were definitely impressed. So,
3: yes, she did. She was going constantly. Her booth, her little area, was always busy, mm-hmm. um, with people. And people had some amazing results, as I'm sure you've heard the stories from the ladies um, after the Gaia Goddess retreat
1: yes we definitely have heard some of those stories and i have to ask you um is there anything that you noticed after the session did anything shift for you
3: i noticed my energy felt lighter and i had a a bit more energy i also had peace of mind so i was calmer um and i just felt a renewed sense of wellness after the body intuitive session Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, those sound
1: like very good things. Thank you so much for sharing with us.
3: You're welcome.
2: And um, w- Susan shared a bit about kind of her experience working with people at this, uh, what sounds like an incredible retreat. And she it said that um, you, Lydia, have, have experienced many modalities over the years, both practicing mm-hmm. and, and receiving. And you really felt some uh, unique aspects of body intuitive that you hadn't experienced in other type of healing work. And is there there any, anything you'd like to elaborate about that?
3: Well, the unique experience that I had, it was a general sense of wellness, which is something that you can experience in a lot of modalities. But what was surprising to me was the comfort level, the calm, um, the depth of the work, it goes very deep in a very quick amount of time, um, and the benefit, the efficacy—it's so efficacious. Just the efficacy of the work was amazing, and I was honored to be a part of it.
2: Thank you for sharing that. And you know, as a, a practitioner yourself, working with hypnosis, cognitive, behavioral, and and stress management approaches. Um can you share a bit about whether your sense of how body intuitive might integrate in with what you do to support your clients?
3: I think it's the general way that I would say it's a wonderful way is that it's just such a wonderful complement to hypnosis to mind body medicine in general. I have I'm certified in mind body medicine by the Mind Body Institute at Harvard. Mm-hmm. So I would have to say that the um, the work is so complementary, but the body intuitive work takes you a bit deeper mm-hmm. than mind-body medicine, and it gets to some core issues going on with you a bit more quickly than the mind-body medicine generally does. Mm-hmm. Um, I have pretty good results, and they're often very quick, but I'm not, I don't often find other um, protocols that I can integrate you know, in my work that would be as fast. And I would have to say that body intuitive definitely would be um, highly beneficial and a wonderful complement to the work that I'm doing now in terms of helping people with their relaxation and reducing stress. That's
2: that's definitely um, one of uh, the... F- you know, a primary focus in, in a body intuitive session, the, the stress kind of management, stress reduction piece. And we, we approach that both from the classical Chinese medicine and from the modern science of stress mindset. So, um, with acupoints that do that and kind of mindfulness practices that do that. So it, it, that, in itself in a modality is is incredibly profound and I, and i'm sure with your background and in your stress management work um um you're you're a big proponent of <laughs> dealing with the stress balls yes <laughs>
3: on a daily basis n- numerous times <laughs> <laughs> exactly because the world is still crazy <laughs> and and it's also stressful for us as practitioners if you're seeing several patients although it's very beneficial and it gives you energy at the same time it can be stressful you know organizing them and you know seeing them and making sure they show up on time so that you're not running late for the next client or patient depending on your work, you know, it all, all of that can be stressful. And with the body intuitive, it just seemed to have a flow that I haven't seen in other modalities.
1: Yeah, we like to say that, you know, uh, most of us are stressed most of the time. So so one of the first things that we did when we were putting together the body intuitive training was to design some techniques to get the body out of stress mode. Like that is, you know, so important because as we know, no healing can happen when the body is in stress mode. The body has to be in you know relaxation mode in order for healing to take place. And you know, most of us are just you know running around all the time and active and you know in sympathetic nervous system mode, but we've got to get out of that mode to actually have healing happening. And and so one of the techniques that you know we introduced right from the beginning in uh, elemental reset is something called the um, stress uh, mindset reset technique that Dr. Laura designed. And it's just this fantastic technique to immediately get the brain and the body like out of stress. And it, it, it's amazing. I mean, the technique itself takes just a few minutes, but it just works so incredibly quickly. I don't know if Dr. Laura wants to just share a, a little bit about that today.
2: Um, yeah, so so the stress mindset reset is is based on um the the research um from primarily from Dr. Aliyah Crum's lab at Stanford University that looks at um threat stress which is fight or flight which is a particular physiological state and it's associated with a particular mindset like when things are frightening or worrisome or overwhelming or you feel like right. I don't think I can do this, <laughs> meaning my day or, right. or my week, you're in threat yeah. stress. And by shifting to, you know, this is this really isn't going to kill me in the next few minutes. You know, it it's it's challenging, it's tough, but it's not deadly. That exactly. mindset shift brings in a different physiology, and there's ways to quickly activate that in the brain centers that. Uh, accomplish this shift and and that's what the uh, practice of this reset is. Um, go ahead and share from your perspective, uh, Lydia.
3: Well, from my perspective, I would have to say that the greatest benefit I experienced when I was working with Susan at the Guy Goddess Lifestyle Retreat was just to, um, it was a way of reducing where my stress level was when I walked in. I was a little bit stressed out. I had a bunch of work in the morning mm-hmm. and some phone calls, even though I was on the retreat. I was, st- was a working retreat for me. Um, and I had found myself higher at a higher stress threshold than I generally am. And instantaneously, Susan was able to get me to relax to get out of my own head, to get out of my own way by using the body intuitive methodology. And that's what makes it work so good because when we're stressed, we can't do anything else, right? So um, you can't think, you can't function. It's hard to know what to do. And especially in your, if you're in fight, fight or freeze. and um, And so that's, what I th- would have to be the most astounding and assure- and reassuring part of, of the process for me was just how quickly Susan was able to get me out of stress. Well,
1: thank you so much for, um, for sharing uh, with us today, Dr. Tranquility. Would you like to share with our listeners where they can find you?
3: Absolutely. You can find me at Dr. Tranquility Lydia on Instagram. You can find me at Dr. Tranquility dot com and at Satori dot com. And I'm also on the radio Fridays at 12 and you'll find uh, the market near you on on XPR dot com. Thank you so much.
1: Wonderful. And I and I and I just love the name Dr. Tranquility. Awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm
2: sure Thank that's you. a
3: story in and of itself. <laughs> it is. It is. Thank you so much for having me on, ladies. Doctors. You. <laughs> Thank you. Take care.
2: All right. Um so, Janet, um, what would you like to move forward with at this time?
1: Yeah, so I know that um, Shalandra is here. I think we have a couple of minutes to maybe to get a quick word from her. Okay.
2: Um, so we're, we're going to be bringing up our second guest here just um, to uh, connect in with Shalandra Williams. Who is a mindset motivational coach, and she founded Mindful Sense. And her work with her clients is about self discovery, self love, self mastery, and self care. And she is a podcast hostess herself, um, hosting uh, The Vibe. So, um, Shalandra, we can have um, a brief chat with you here. Um, We understand you also had um, an initial experience getting a body intuitive session. And so we just wanted to check in. How was that? Were there any new insights you experienced? Uh, Any emotional releases? Any connection between stuff in your life today and old, um, earlier patterns in life?
3: The experience was so wonderful. Um, She helped me tap into my childhood. And it was such a beautiful, beautiful experience because I thought that I had dealt with all of my childhood wounds because I am a healer myself. And it was just a beautiful experience. She took her time. She was very intuitive. She connected with me in a, in such a a warming manner. And she actually inspired me to take up the classes. So it was a very (laughs) great experience.
1: That's great to hear wonderful. I would love to um, be able to go into a little more detail with you, but we are a little bit short of time, but we're very mm-hmm. happy to have you here and to hear that you had a really a really beneficial experience with your body intuitive session. Susan's an awesome practitioner and we're really trying to raise awareness. Of this um, amazing healthcare system and and kind of the depths to which it can go to. So, thank you so much for sharing with us.
4: Thank you. No problem. No problem. You guys have a great day.
0: All right.
1: All right, everybody. So, uh, we will be back uh, after a short break.
0: Follow Voice America at facebook.com
5: forward slash voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
6: What if you had an easy way to reset your mind and body out of overwhelm in just a couple of minutes and every single day?
1: Elemental resets are easy to apply, gorgeously restorative, and allow you to have emotional as well as energetic balance. Elemental reset from body intuitive restores your natural healing ability from the inside out connecting you
2: with all of nature
6: the elemental reset course gives you six self-care survival tools to increase your healing superpowers to energize detox calm and rejuvenate yourself this course is available today as an e-course or live in person in san diego california sunday april 16th for more information and to register visit us at bodyintuitive.org
4: does it feel like something is wrong but all your tests come back normal does your doctor downplay your symptoms you've tried every medication pill detox tea, supplement, and you're still seeing no improvements? Your body has healing superpowers. Your body intuitive practitioner can find what's wrong. A body intuitive practitioner is waiting to unlock the story behind your symptoms.
6: Visit us at bodyintuitive.org sessions. Scroll through our directory and find your perfect practitioner. Your life, your health, your network.
0: You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to the Marvel of Mind Body Medicine. If you have questions for Dr. Janet and Dr. Laura or their guests, please email us at healing at bodyintuitive.org. That's healing at bodyintuitive.org. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome to the marvel of mind body medicine. I'm Dr. Janet Galipo and I'm Dr. Laura Stube and I hope you were able to catch our
2: episode last week where we heard from three amazing women healers and they were able to describe their own work as well as their first experience of body intuitive mind body medicine and Janet is here to introduce our guest
1: for today. Today, we welcome Dr. Daniel Weber, a researcher who currently holds the position of Vice Chair of Oncology of the World Federation of Chinese Medicine Societies and editor of the Journal of Integrative Medicine. Dr. Weber is a visiting professor at Tianjin University, where he lectures and conducts research. He is the author of many books and articles on integrative medicine, including The Gut, The Core of Self. A Botanical Approach to Autoimmune Diseases, and Chinese Herbal Medicine and Psychophysiology. Dr. Weber recognizes that most cancer patients and many patients with other types of autoimmune imbalances use some form of complementary medicine and is dedicated to bringing valuable treatment options to those experiencing complex disease conditions. So welcome, Daniel. Daniel.
5: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a delight. Is this oh. a sunny day in Sydney here?
1: Oh, morning. Wonderful. I know. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. We know there's an 18-hour time difference and that you're in Sydney, Australia. So we're very grateful to have you with us uh, today. So Dr.
5: Oh, Weber, oh, there, where where are you, by the way?
1: Well, so can, um, we're at, at both coasts of the U.S. So so, Dr. Oh. Doctor. Dr. Laura is in uh, Santa Cruz, California, and I am in um, North Carolina in Asheville. So, yes. So, Dr. Weber, I want to begin by asking you, there are so many serious health complaints these days. It seems like the list goes on and on. So, we're talking here about everything from autoimmune disease to cancer to microbiome imbalances We now have a new health issue, which is long COVID, or we maybe can call it prolonged COVID recovery. So it seems like practically everyone has one of these health issues or has a family member with one. According to Chinese medicine, these common diseases are not one disease and they have to be individually addressed. And so in this approach, we always look for patterns of imbalance. So we look, how has the body set up an unhealthy pattern, which then becomes a disease? So let's start with talking about autoimmune disease. According to Western medical theory, autoimmune disease is caused by the body's own immune system when it fails to differentiate healthy from unhealthy cells. So the immune system attacks its own healthy tissues. And as we know, some examples of this are uh, diabetes type 2, rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's, uh, multiple sclerosis, etc., And the Western treatment approach is to suppress the immune system. In Chinese medicine, there is no equivalent name for autoimmune disorder. Instead, the Chinese doctor looks for underlying patterns based on signs and symptoms. So according to this view, autoimmune disease could be identified as a condition of excess liver heat, or kidney deficiency, and or blood stagnation. So with that long introduction, here is the question. How do you think we can combine Western understanding and Eastern approaches in the treatment of these
5: common diseases? Okay, let me start by going back to what you said about the condition of medicine or illness today. I think it's always been this way. We're always in the struggle between pathogenic factors, which are external factors, or internal factors, the psyche, you know, behavioral problems, eating the wrong food because of behavioral problems. So I want to start with a really simple concept in Chinese medicine, the external and the internal, the energetic and the solid. And then approaching autoimmune disease, we then have to see that there are probably two types of autoimmune diseases. There would be one which is associated in Chinese medicine with external factors, and I put those in quotation because it isn't external. You can't catch rheumatoid arthritis or lupus, but external in the sense that there are patterns that are observed. Now, the patterns you're speaking of were laid down two and a half, three thousand years ago, and they're based on a visual language, which is very different than ours, and a wholly different understanding of cultural values. Our Western way of working with things is uh, controlling time, linearity, outcomes, purpose. In Chinese and Eastern cultures, far Eastern cultures, it's circular. You look at the yin-yang, you see there is this flow from one form to another. Yin-yang are not things, it's a metaphor, but if we apply it, for example, to rheumatoid arthritis. We see there would be one that would be hot and active and aggressive, and another which would be cold, and uh, heavy and dense. That would be the sort of yin of it. Now, yin and yang are not things. Uh, heart, liver, heat—these are not things. Those are metaphors. Chinese medicine is a metaphor. I ask my students sometimes, "What is qi?" And they say, "Oh, it's energy." I said, "What kind of energy?" Well, it's everything, okay? Everything, if something is everything, then it's a singularity and it cannot exist in this world. Qi is not a thing. Qi is a capacity to adapt. And what I'm coming back to in a long way is that autoimmune disease means that somehow we're not adapting to changes in our internal or external environment. Um, So when I look at these concepts, I read them as a Western scientist, knowing that they represent something that is extraordinarily insightful, but it was written by people in a poetic way. Now, here's the thing. If you look at Chinese, Japanese, any writings from the Far East, they start on the right and they write downwards, and they don't traditionally use uh, any punctuation. Look at Western. You start at the left and you move horizontally. We use syllables, They use pictures, the way they think. Traditional Chinese medicine, you can't get it unless you think in this kind of inclusive visual way. And we now are not talking a lot about people who are neurodivergent. The entire traditional cultures were neurodivergent. Today, the neural normative is considered normal. Well, that's called bias because us Normative, uh, sort of cognitively abnormal disruptors, creative people uh, are revolutionary and we want to change everything. So I get thrown at Chinese medicine conferences all the time because I say, you know, this is all just interesting poetry, but it's not medicine. Unless you can replicate it, it's not medicine. Then I talk to people who are in Western medicine or, you know, a medicine that looks to conclusions. And for those people, I say, you have to use your intuition. You have to be able to see the whole thing and the relationships of the parts. So I guess that's my long answer to your long introduction. (laughs) But one more thing I want to add to that. Now, coming back to the yin yang. So we have the innate immune system and the adaptive immune system. But they are constantly in relationship to each other, like in yin yang. So we think, oh, this is that, and we put it into a silo. Now let's look at cell metered immunity and humoral immunity. Uh, autoimmune diseases are often seen as diseases of uh, humoral immunity and cancer of cellular immunity. It's simplistic and there's some truth in it, but we have to break it down a little bit further. As I said, there are two kinds of any disease. One is hot and aggressive, a lot of high-sided sort of, interleukinase tumor necrosis factor, uh, 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 interleukin uh, uh, gamma. All of these things are active. In the cold uh, forms of a tumor or the cold forms of rheumatoid arthritis, you're looking at microcoagulation issues. You're looking at the, the stagnation, the, uh, the sol-gel state of the interstitial fluids. You know, that sol-gel state moving from thick too thin is a living organism moving fluids through the body. And if it gets stuck in a gel state, then we get stagnation. In the Chinese medicine, we talk about damp. Well, obviously we're all damp inside, but what they mean in this kind of poetic way is that the humoral immunity, the, the uh, uh, lymphatic system, the interstitial fluids are uh, stuck if you like. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a short introduction to Chinese medicine.
1: <laughs> Excellent and fascinating.
5: Thank you. So more questions, please.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go back to um, what you said about autoimmune disease at the beginning, the the two types, and one is associated with external factors. So that's that, that would match kind of my science understanding and, and the work that we do in body intuitive. So we often find yeah. that toxins built up in the body or prior infections or microbiome imbalances could be some of these external factors. Can you uh, comment on um, your view of the external factors and their role in autoimmune?
5: Oh, absolutely. Um, But, you know, when I was using external, I was using in quotation Ah. because... You know, there's always a interrelationship that the internal becomes the external and the external trains within the internal. So given that Chinese medicine is so fluid, they resist this kind of uh, categorization where it can break down. So everything you said is absolutely true. So let's look at what we might call the environmental factors rather than Mm -hmm. external. Right. And those external factors very much depend upon the internal factor of one's perceptions. So if you didn't have good bonding as a child, you're in a constant state of need for something, money, power, sex, alcohol, drugs, whatever, you need to fill up the emptiness. That can be a cause of a yin form of disease, although it's an external factor in given that it's environmental. The uh, the internal factors also are lifestyle, your diet, very much that, your exposure to poisons and toxins. I don't like the word detoxify because I think it makes it too simple and people tend to pick up on our language. They're all gonna detoxify. I'm gonna drink carrot juice for a day. That's, that's, you know, if it makes you feel good, that's fine, but it's not helping. What are you going to detoxify? What are you creating? Heavy metals, uh, uh, pesticides, Uh, Some of these uh, uh, plastics that are now coming into our environment, Uh, your drug past, all of those things. I mean, I feel fortunate because I was born before antibiotics. I didn't have an antibiotic until I was at least eight years of age. So my microbiome is extraordinarily good. Um, And that's probably one of the factors. How many parents worried, over-concerned, fretting, rush their six-month-old baby to the doctor because they've got a cough and the doctor is obliged to do something. You know, the real answer is go home, you know, give them plenty of fluids and rest, be fine. No, give them an antibiotic, whether they need it or not. And so we begin to destroy the microbiome from the beginning. So a long way to answer, yes, our environment impacts our internal environment, which is our cognitive history, which then we act out in our life. So it becomes circular. I'm very big on, on, you know, in in cancer, when we look at issues of stress, and I would look at uh, autoimmune diseases as an issue of stress in two ways. One visualize it as the immune system, the adaptive immune system, attempting to deal with a pathogenic factor, but hasn't turned itself off. So it's still seeking this pathogenic factor. These are often very low key levels. You know, they're not dangerous. The body is managing. Maybe there's an extra load of uh, reactive oxygen species, reactive nitrogen species. Maybe there's something like that. But we we can measure that and deal with it. What we're losing sight of is that um, this this process began before we can remember. And we set ourselves on a trajectory where we stumble. And when we stumble, we're going to hurt ourselves. We get sick. That's what we do to learn. So sickness isn't a bad thing. It's teaching us, what did we do wrong? And research shows, and I believe in this simply because I want to, but those of us who can adapt easily well, not easily, but can adapt to change, live the longest. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about qi, I'm talking about allostasis, the capacity to manage stressors and find resources. That's health. Uh, Allostasis, uh, or uh, or the condition where you get distress, uh, allostatic load, that is the cause of a whole lot of diseases. You know, we went from an environment which was filthy in the 19th century with all kinds, yellow fever and all kinds of dysenteries, to a, we cleaned it all up in the, uh, in, in the uh, 20th century. Now we're d- going from the other end, pausing it from the other end. We, we humans do this all the time. We're trying to figure out what's real. So I don't see disease as bad. I see it as what I what didn't I learn? I'm
1: going to ask you to hold that fascinating thought, Dr. Weber, um, and we are going to break for a short commercial.
0: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today.
6: Want to become a certified body intuitive practitioner? Do you want to be able to decode and tap into the body's healing intelligence to access and resolve the crucial stories behind symptoms and disease? In the body intuitive system, a practitioner decodes or unlocks the story or the why behind symptoms using a highly structured protocol, allowing an intuitive scan of the whole body and mind. This process unveils a personalized, optimized treatment plan or healing roadmap for each patient. The body intuitive practice amplifies intuition and powerfully boosts the efficacy of clinical results. People heal faster current healthcare professionals and professionals who devote your working hours or your life to positively impact the health of others, this practitioner journey has been specifically created and customized for you. Visit www.bodyintuitive.org training for more information and courses. Open
4: to new students now. Does it feel like something is wrong, but all your tests come back normal? Does your doctor downplay your symptoms? You've tried every medication, pill, detox tea, supplement, and you're still seeing no improvements? Your body has healing superpowers. Your body intuitive practitioner can find what's wrong. A Body Intuitive Practitioner is waiting to unlock the story behind your symptoms. Visit us at
6: bodyintuitive.org sessions. Scroll through our directory and find your perfect practitioner. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America
0: Health & Wellness. Welcome back to the marvel of mind-body medicine. If you have questions for Dr. Janet and Dr. Laura or their guests, please email us at healing at That's healing at Now back to the show.
2: So, welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Dr. Weber about autoimmune disease and sickness in general. And, um, you had just mentioned to us that there were two types of rheumatoid arthritis. And could you clarify what you mean by that? And and why does that matter? Why, why is that distinction important?
5: It, it, well, let's start with that question. The distinction is important because in our Western culture, we tend to, uh, because we are being uh, deductive, we tend to take things away. So we're looking for one thing. What can we do for rheumatoid arthritis? Okay, so what's the cure? But from the, from a the far eastern perspective, we're not looking for one thing to do. What we're looking at is, what does this whole organism need? What has been missing? What's gone from this, and what needs to be supported, and what needs to be attacked if there are pathogenic factors there? And, and in the case of uh, for what I would call inflammatory rheumatoid arthritis, which I think is labeled M1. T helper one type, and you're going to see a very big increase in inflammatory cytokines in in those people, tumor necrosis factor, interleukin, one, uh, 17, I think six, as I recall. And so these are the inflammatory factors. And the symptoms may be more clearly uh, inflammatory in the patient as well. They may complain of the redness and the soreness in the joints and the sharpness of the pain. And so there's a description in that. Plus, there are maybe visual signs, but again, not always. In medicine, I've learned that something is true only 80% of the time. 20% of the time, it's an entirely different thing that we have to work out. (laughs) So, and that one, and so the other type would be uh, called M2 T helper 2 style, and that is what I would describe from TCM point of view as uh, yin dominant. So there's a a stasis that's going on. There's a lack of fluid movement in there. There's likely to be uh, uh, microcoagulation. I'm very big on looking at microcoagulation, particularly in cancer. It's one of the real factors that are involved in hypoxia. So I look at that if they have this kind of uh, condition. And then we use different herbs which are more adaptogenic. So we went to using like astragalus. We might be using uh, Ren Shen. We might be using uh, a, a number of things that, in, from Chinese medicine, build blood and qi. That would be the wrong prescription for the hot type, where you want things that are hot and are cold and dispersing. So they're very bitter, like Scutellaria baicalensis and Philodendron. These are dispersing and they relieve uh, the inflammation by reducing the, you know, that they. Uh, Helper 2 type often involves interleukin-10, interleukin-4, which are more anti-inflammatory cytokines.
1: Wow, fascinating. Well, um, yes, there can be many different uh, factors behind a disease label, and it is a very important part of Chinese medicine. So, Dr. Weber, I want to turn your attention now to a different subject. Um, What can you share with our listeners about the uh, reported connection between COVID-19 infection and autoimmune
5: disease. What what do you think is going on here? Well, let's look at viral infections in general. Uh, the viri mutate quite regularly. Uh, there are sort of our co-evolving agents, someone said, you know, we depend on the virus because the virus gets into our cells. And, because, and so therefore it can change... The DNA, the RNA, it can change expressions. It has epigenetic implications. Uh, bacterial infections are in the humoral, uh, in, in in the uh, humoral immune system, and so there's a different kind of thing. So we again we differentiate according to where the pathogenic or the the pathogenic, where the where went wrong was it inside the cell or outside the cell, and what's going on at the level of the cell. So do we need to help this person adapt to an environment or do we need this person to help them fight it? So in the case of uh, uh, SARS-CoV-2, here's a very rapidly evolving, uh, mutating uh, organism that is hitting people who already have elevated, chronic elevated levels of cytokines. And these people then have this cytokine storm. Now, some of it is is very acute, as we've seen, people are dying, you know, where somebody very similar has no problem. So the cytokine storm easily is uh, seen as uh, the leading cause for both in in the acute case of, uh, of a strong reaction to the virus, and also in the chronic cases where we're looking at long COVID. So that long COVID is still a byproduct of that. And so, for long COVID, I often have mixture, and this is one of the nice things you can do in Chinese medicine: is that you can do one thing on this hand, and you could do the other thing on the opposite hand, and you could do them at the same time. And that's a fascinating thing, you know. You inferred before. There's a saying in Chinese medicine: one medicine, many diseases; one disease, many medicines. Mm -hmm. And so, that is always my philosophy. I'm looking at What is dysregulated? And you know, we all know as practitioners, when you uncover that problem and begin to work with it, another problem pops up because it's what's underneath. And if we look at health rather than a linear thing to get to an end called health, which is impossible because disease is our friend, we will look at a spiralic thing. Okay, we're going to go through this thing again. Last time, what did I learn? Okay, I can take that into the next loop of the spiral. So disease educates our body, both in terms of our immune system, but also in terms of our own cognition. One of the things I also want to mention about the difference in differentiating, I want to look at the BAC's BCL2 ratios. I want to look in terms, in, uh, in my cancer, looking at EMT to MET transition. I want to look at the serine glycine levels All of these things are really quite critical also in autoimmune diseases. You know, I don't know. I know in cancer about these sort of things, but are we measuring COX-2? What is the level of COX-2 in rheumatoid arthritis? If that's elevated, you know, what key K67 like? So we want to look at these various kinds of both growth factors, which we see in cancer, also are operating in uh, uh, autoimmune diseases and I have to say in experience many patients who I've seen with cancer have subclinical uh, autoimmune disease. They are very, I would say about 25% have an autoimmune disease that I can test by doing RH factor or some other uh, rheumatoid factor or some other kind of uh, inflammatory uh, C-reactive protein uh, uh Uh, Serum amyloid A, that's a good one also to test for long-term inflammation because that's going to show you, like CRP will only show you what's going on in the last 24, 48 hours. Serum amyloid A, a longer-term measurement, will give you the inflammatory patterns for over a month.
2: So I want to take you back to something that you mentioned earlier that um, you feel is important in... The yin dominant rheumatoid arthritis, as well as in cancer, so that maybe you can define this term for our listeners. Um, what is microcoagulation,
5: and, you know,
2: like, and and how does that get set up?
5: Microcoagulation, it, you know, we the balance between coagulation and anticoagulation is very delicate in the body. You know, we need to be able to clot. Your country said you have to clot. But if you, if you clot too fast and the blood is not m- moving, and I'm using that I- I as, a, uh, as a descriptive term, not as a medical term. So when the blood is moving, it's less likely to coagulate. And we can look at things like D-dimer, a uh, plasmidogen activator, I think use that one, and also the plasminogen activator inhibitor. Interestingly enough, in a lot of cases with autoimmune disease, both of them are high. and I don't have an explanation for that. These are markers of, of coagulation. So I look at the inflammatory factors and I look at the coagulation factors. And if I see some of these coagulation factors high, then I'm seeing this as a yin dominant. And so I want, there are things I need to do to support, but things very much in Chinese medicine, move the qi. Now, moving to qi is a is a great word, but what does that actually mean? Well, part of it also means physically. We know that exercise is the best medicine there is. Walking every day is the best medicine there is for any disease. So physically moving, also emotionally moving. Where are you stuck? And I when I work with my cancer patients, I have to investigate, you know, what is going on with this? We know for a very clear fact that if a woman has breast cancer and she has a supportive partner, somebody who is helping but not interfering, being supportive um, but but not directing, compared to a a woman who has a partner who is afraid and is withdrawing or uh, wants to take control and tell her what to do, the former woman lives a lot longer. So if your whole, your familial emotional environment is that different, and it depends on years of outcome, you can't tell me that mood isn't involved in all of these diseases.
1: Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So, okay, so we're talking about autoimmune disease. Um, we're taught, and you've mentioned uh, cancer a couple of times. So I, I want to switch now to the subject of of cancer. And so, um, you know, I know you've done a lot of research into this subject. We know from an Eastern medicine standpoint, cancer is a a, a complex collection of, I would say, failures within the system. Mm-hmm. And in Chinese medicine, we would uh, differentiate them into a certain patterns so so let me begin by asking you how do you view cancer in terms of distinct patterns
5: uh, well first of all we have to look at uh, initiation initiation is a failure of the innate immune system you know cell cycle arrest etc uh, is not uh, functional and so this cell begins to replicate um, which is exactly what it's supposed to do except that it it had one of the constraints, removed. it. Yeah, do you understand?
0: Mm-hmm.
5: So in a metaphorical way, the innate immune system forgot to put in one break on there. So this thing goes out and it's a rich environment and it's floating around in the uh, uh, interstitial fluids and it's got a lot of nutrients in there and it does what it does, it replicates. And it gets to be about a, a million cells. Now, this is the critical point because technically we all get these microtumors. They're too small. And because they are isolated, there's no way of finding any markers because they're not impacting their environment in any way. This is just this tiny pinhead-sized tumor that will go through apoptosis simply because the surrounding tissues go, hey, you don't belong here. You you know, you're not part of, we're the liver cells, you're not a liver cell. We're the breast cells, you don't belong here, you're not a breast cell. You kind of look like a cousin, but you're not. So they tell it to kill itself, or it commit suicide itself, by Now, that's the first place. Why did that fail? Yeah. And it failed because I would look at, in a, in a, in a larger uh, philosophical sense, if you look at a scale for allostasis, allostasis occurs when there is a match between resource and stressor. So on this line, you have a stressor, You know, so having cancer, that's up there at the top. This line is your resource. Now, if you're a strong and healthy, supportive relationship, you have enough financial security, you have all of those things, then your resource is going to match. But if your resource is here because, you know, you're having trouble in your marriage, because your children are young and demanding, because you have issues financial issues, whatever it is, this person's in an load. That's like throwing fire on any disease of the immune system. Because the immune system thinks that it's under attack and will respond. Now, how it responds, cancer, autoimmune disease, or any other number of breakdowns that can occur, all depend on our ability to manage our resource and our stress. And that includes physical things, too. If you're eating junk, you're putting stress. We can go back to the microbiome, which we mentioned earlier. You know, the microbiome, uh, you have to do a fecal test. What's the pH of the of the large intestine? You know, people give them uh, probiotics. That's a, If your pH is wrong, these probiotics aren't going to do anything. You know, you have to get rid of the pathogenic bacteria. You have to regulate that. You have to regulate dysbiosis, you know. Um, Uh, You know, can you measure the zonulin in a patient? Are there markers for dysbiosis by measuring that? So as a scientist who is deeply committed to the poetry of Chinese medicine, I see that we really have something that is amazing because we know what's behind the science and why it occurs. So I speak highly for our discipline, and we've got to get rid of all of these Terms. We've got to call herbs by their botanical names, not by pinyin. Pinyin is a made up language. The Chinese don't like pinyin. They use it because it makes their words like, okay, syllable words are a sound, right? So if I say sun, you think sun. If I show you a square with a line through it, that's the sun in Chinese. Sun coming through a window. You know, it's like, or a tree. You look at a tree, it looks like a tree. If you put a the sun in there, it means east. So putting things together. You know, the character for woman and the character for child means happy. So you, this is how the ancient Chinese thought. Don't think like us. We're trying to get to the point. There is no point. Give up, just live.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, we want to... Thank uh, Dr. Daniel Weber and our other guests, Dr. Tranquility and Shalonda Williams for very lively conversations today. And I'm Dr. Laura, and I want to thank you all for joining us as well.
1: Thanks, everyone. This is Dr. Janet. Join us next week as we continue our conversation on body intuitive mind-body medicine and what it has to offer with some of our incredible instructors and practitioners Plus, a special guest, Emily Samimi, sharing her profound experience of this work. In the meantime, you can find us at www.bodyintuitive.org. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Marvel of Mind-Body Medicine. It's our mission to remind you that your body wants to heal. Join us again next week. Be well and remember, your body has answers. We'd like to share a special thank you to our friends, Flying Mystics. If you enjoyed their music as much as we do, you can find them at flyingmystics.com. That's www.flyingmystics.com.